1: April 4th, and we are inching, inching towards minor league opening day, Jack, your beginning of the season, and for the first time, it's going to be before MLB opening day. Maybe not first time ever, I have no idea, but for the first time in a long time, how amped are you uh, for this minor league opening day?
0: It's going to be awesome, dude. Triple A opening day on Tuesday. This is tomorrow. Uh, Indianapolis opens at home against the Omaha Storm Chasers, so I get MJ Melendez, I get Nick Prado. Uh, and then I might get Kyle Isbell. I'm not for sure. Yeah. I hope you
1: don't, honestly. I hope like, I don't too. Because you got a nice influx of talent. If, if we're talking about Jack, Jack's selfish experience here, O'Neill Cruz, for whatever reason, was sent out. I got out Cruz. Here. Yeah. So you get Cruz, and now you're going to get MJ, who, as we talked about in previous episodes, has no business being in the minor leagues as does Nick Prado have very little business being in the minor leagues. Uh, And that's basically what we're going to talk about in this episode, right? We're going to be talking about assignments, uh, where some of baseball's most notable prospects have been assigned, and also some of the most notable assignments, period, and uh, what it means for the development track and and maybe why or maybe try to understand why some of these assignments were made, some of the surprising ones and some that uh, maybe were expected and explaining that to some people. It's also a briefing like, hey, if you've got MILB.TV on and you see that the Frisco Mm -hmm. Rough
0: Riders are playing, oh, Jack Leiter, that's Jack Leiter's team. So what we wanted to do with AAA opening day getting going on Tuesday, you got MLB opening day on Thursday. The rest of minor league baseball opens on Friday, which is when actually half of major league baseball teams open. So they open on the same exact day. Um, You're going to have the knowledge to be able to turn on your favorite prospects game. Which is big. Like a lot of the time, you have to look up, like, okay, I know this guy is in our system and he's in the upper levels, but I don't think AAA. What's our AA affiliate again? Like, we just want to remind you that the Altoona Curve will have Nick Gonzalez this year. The Greensboro Grasshoppers will have Nick Gonzalez, that type of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, after a year where, we didn't have a minor league season in 2020. So 2021 was a little bit unique. I still think there's a a little bit of that aftermath where uh, we'll see teams be more aggressive with certain prospects. We'll see teams be less aggressive with certain prospects and uh, it results in some surprising decisions. I think the most obvious is the big league to triple a thing. You know, which guys we thought were big league ready that are maybe getting a different assignment than we thought. And meaning that they went to the minor leagues or guys that like Hunter Green, for example, I'm happy to see him in the big leagues. That's a guy I was surprised to find out made the big league roster. And then even on the other lower levels, I know double a is not a lower level, but we were expecting Yuri Perez to probably be in high a, the 18 year old. He still hasn't turned 19 years old yet. will begin the season for the Marlins. He's a top pitching prospect in their system in double a can't back it up yet because rosters aren't final, but I would say he's probably the youngest guy at that level. I'd be very shocked if there's somebody younger than Yuri Perez, who will have just turned 19 years old very soon at the double a level. There's no way
0: youngest guy in high a central last year was 20 and three months. A young 19 will blow double a baseball out of the water.
1: And I think he's going to do fine there. I I think, I think it's an aggressive assignment. It's surprising. And you have the, the litany of names and we're going to go through everything. I wanted to open up with the Yuri Perez thing just because I've gotten to see that guy with my own two eyes. And that was one of the things I was really excited to be able to do over on the backfields uh, wild to see how gifted he is as a six foot eight teenager that can really command three pitches pretty darn well, the fastball curveball, and change up. But man, I, I don't know how to feel about the double a assignment, Jack. I mean, is there much reason to to do this? Uh, and for background, before I, you answer that question, he didn't pitch that much in high A last year. It yeah. was, it was a short stint in high A uh, only 22 innings there, five starts. He was great. Two, eight, six ERA. The underlying stats are a little bit more concerning, but I think he's going to be phenomenal. He could be the best pitching prospect in baseball soon, but what, why assign an 18 year old soon to be 19 year old to double A. So, you,
0: you think about, think about why you're asking that question. Think about what could go wrong for somebody that is too young for a level. It's not really like, I guess it is results, but it's not necessarily throwing off the course of their progression. Yeah. It is, does it mentally screw you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's pretty much the entirety of the thought process there. Are we going to drop
1: this kid's confidence? A kid that has good command. And now do you want him to be nibbling? You know, what, what if what if that curveball isn't playing the same way? Because I'll tell you what, Yuri Perez's fastball is is a plus plus pitch. It is outrageous. Like the the peak speed and the plate speed are so similar, meaning it just it just gets up and it goes. The changeup is good and the curveball is good. What's more impressive is that he's six foot eight with a ton of life on the fastball and two decent off speed or secondary offerings that he commands. I don't know if those are going to play up the same way at the double A level. Uh, the fastball will, but that's what I'm a little bit worried about. I don't want to start to see Yuri Perez nibbling. I love how aggressive, how much he was attacking hitters. And that's one of his strengths is being ahead of the curb on the command. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but that was one of the few aggressive assignments we had seen that surprised us. I feel like for the most part, as we go through these Jack, it's mostly going to be the other way where it's like, Oh, come on. This guy was ready for this level and he didn't really get a shot yet.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I was thinking too. Um, you know, my final thought on Perez is I, I think he's going to be good in double A. Like if we're talking about him being the best pitching prospect in baseball when Grayson Rodriguez graduates and when lighter graduates and when Boz graduates, like Gary Perez is the guy. Now, um, you got to be at double A AA or triple A to get that. Um, they're not doing it for the accolades here. I think what they're doing has something to do with location. I, I think about where the double A affiliate is, right? Pensacola. Think about where the high A affiliate is, Beloit, Wisconsin. It's a lot easier for the Marlins' front office to get to Pensacola and check in on their prized possession than it is getting to Beloit,
1: Wisconsin. A hundred percent. And, and uh, one more point off of that with the familiarity that I, I have with the Marlins system, uh, with some of the guys, I know for a fact that they like they really like the Pensacola pitching coach, like the Pensacola. I, I wouldn't be surprised. To see him get promoted and, and continue to get more operated or poached like the Marlins credit a lot of what they have going on with the staff at Pensacola on the pitching side. And I think they want to and, and that's not a slight high a Beloit, but they're a newer affiliate. I, I think there was a little bit more of that. Hey, he's in better hands coaching wise in double a naturally. So I do like that real quick before we get to your long list of names. I also wanted to talk about the trade that went down. Over the mm-hmm. weekend, uh, from a guy that you saw quite a bit of uh, last year as he got promoted, Uri. I can't say his name, but let's talk about the big leaguer that gets. No, sent give it over. to me. Give it yeah, to me. I will tee you up with Sean Mania going from Oakland to San Diego for a return that is as follows. As you will try and say, Aurebio Angeles.
0: Yeah, good. Aurebio Angeles and Adrian Martinez, not the former Nebraska Cornhusker no. quarterback. Not
1: the, the one that was supposed to be good and wasn't. A Eurebio, something about the EUR. It, a Eurebial. Yeah. Eurebio Angeles. Great bat-to-ball guy, but to and I think a guy that the the hit tools plus, you've talked about the defensive tools being able to potentially develop. Uh, but kind of a light return for a lefty established starting pitcher. You think? <laughs> I mean, yeah. here's the thing. Angeles is really good.
0: He is not untouchable. Like that was a guy that AJ Prello looked at and said, oh, we can get Sean Manaya for Arabia rabia Absolutely. Let's go. I can't say yes quick enough. Um, the A's probably view Angeles very highly and like Angeles is good. But right now, the way you look at Angeles is a slash line of 325-325. 325. (laughs) That's kind of what he does. He just slaps it around and he gets on base a lot, but that's because he gets a lot of singles. Um, He is. I don't want to say he's lacking in identity defensively, but um, I texted this to you earlier. His arm is not good enough to be a good third baseman right now. And his range is not good enough to be a good second baseman right now. So if he works on one of them, he can turn into a fine defender at one of those positions the Padres plan, to my understanding, was get the arm and overall strength build up, not only so you can get a little bit of power in that frame, but also so you can get somebody that can stick at third base. Yeah. So if the A's do that and they're good at development, then you might have your third baseman in the future.
1: And look, he is the hardest part down, which is the hit tool and the hit tool is plus. Uh, the yeah. hit tool is no doubt about it. Plus, the guy was 19 years old really doing a great job in in low A where he hit 343 and 405 plate appearances and actually sprinkling in some more power than we saw in the 20 games in high A where you get to see him up close. Got on base at a good clip, put the ball in play. The power just wasn't there, so that's going to be something to follow. He's 5'11", 175 pounds is the listing size. I know you're always uh, quick to say he's still not that – I think that's pretty fair. It looks like he's maybe give or take – give 10 pounds maybe, would you say?
0: I think give 10 pounds. He's so, a little bit stockier. He has put on some weight. Uh, he also has a good five o'clock shadow going on. Like you okay, might not good. be able to see it in some of the head shots, but I mean, the guy is like, I, he's kind of developing into a man.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, there's definitely some room for some more physicality and he could be a, a really solid doubles hitter. I, I'm just surprised to see that light return. It's not like Martinez is is, is a piece that you're really excited about. 25 year old bullpen arm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, That's that's really what it is. So I think Manaya's value obviously lower than we thought it would be, and uh, <laughs> I just I just thought there'd be a better piece than Anhelis, but that kind of shows some teams do value as high, uh, and and I think the Padres were one of them. He just was expendable for them at, at this point, and, and a guy that I think uh, the A's are happy to get. So let's talk assignments. And yeah. I, I know you've got a, a laundry list. Where do you want to start? Oh my God, I have so many names.
0: So many names. Uh, we're going to go catcher, then first, then second, then third, then short, then outfield, and then pitchers. All right, let's roll. I organize by position. So get your catcher hat on. Get your catcher's mask on, right? Not your hat. Uh, Joey Bart will be in a timeshare with Kirk Gasali to open the year in San Francisco. So Bart is not the everyday guy. He's a platoon guy. He can win the everyday job, but it's Bart and Gasali right now.
1: Yeah. You know, you know, I'm not the highest on Bart. Uh, All I'll say on him, though, is like he he doesn't have anything left to prove in triple A. Right. I mean, the guy hit well enough in triple A. He defends well enough in triple A. We got to see if he can do it at the big league level. And the only way to find that out is by him playing at the big league level. So let's see what happens.
0: Yeah. Conversely, apparently MJ Melendez has so much to prove in triple A with Omaha.
1: Correct. He, he The 41 home runs and uh, what was it? The 18% K rate between double and triple last year and then hitting 400 in, in spring training, he needs to show a little bit more. So uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see if MJ Melendez can prove that he belongs at the big league level, because they've got Hunter Dozier up there. Remember yeah. who actually did have a good spring, uh, but they've got Hunter Dozier up there. So MJ needs to prove some more. He's going to be in Omaha Again, I'm, I'm happy you get to see him play because he rocks and he's a great player, uh, but that stinks. He should be at the big league level.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, another guy in AAA,
1: Ivan Herrera. He was optioned at AAA Memphis. Dude, I was on the backfields yesterday or not yesterday, uh, last week, and it was Yadi Molina's opportunity on the backfields with the prospects trying to like kind of get back into it without going to the big league level. Yeah, and I think I texted you guys and I was like, I, it might just be him shaking off the rust, but I don't know if yadi makes it through this whole season, like legitimately playing day in and day out. He looks really slow and out of shape. Uh, he could get into shape. Maybe that's how it is for him every year, but it, we know how long he's been doing this thing. Ivan Herrera is not big league ready. I think this was the right assignment for him. Uh, he has good bat to ball skills, but he's a pull happy hitter with, with a bit of a broken approach. Uh, the contact rates are high, but he rolls over a lot and, and the defense, you know, needs some progress. They might need him, though. They might need him if, if Yachty is not Yachty. They're going to need him, so hopefully he's going to be able to hit, but AAA is the right assignment for him.
0: Is AAA the right assignment for Gabriel Moreno? He's going to Buffalo.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, if he had not gotten hurt. If he got hurt, if – wait, did I say that right?
0: Yeah. If he, you said, yes, it is the right assignment if he had
1: not gotten hurt. Oh, I'll continue. If he had not gotten hurt, he would be ready to go big leagues. Like, I, okay. I think – Yeah, that that was that made no sense. Sorry. So, yes, it's the right assignment because he was hurt. If he had not gotten hurt, it would have been the wrong assignment because I think he's he's going to be big league ready. But the guy only played 32 games uh, and then had that thumb issue and then came back in the Arizona Fall League and continued to hit. I personally think he's big league ready, but haven't seen enough with the glove. I like the glove, but I'm totally fine with you saying if you're the Blue Jays, hey, we've got Kirk, we've got Jansen. And he missed so much of the season Moreno did last year. Let's let him get a few more, a few more, a couple hundred more at-bats under his belt.
0: Yeah. So a guy that I saw a ton of in high a is on an opening day MLB roster. Brian Lavastida is a Cleveland yeah. Guardian. He's going to be the backup catcher. What do you think? Um, he's not that good of a defensive catcher right now. So you, you lose a lot back there and asking him to adjust to catching Shane Bieber and Cal Quantrill and Zach Plisak and Tristan McKenzie. Like that's a very high ask. He saw some time in AAA. The majority of the year was spent between high A and double A in 2021. This was a big time shock to me, but Lava Stita, like he's got an okay bat. Is he going to get blown up by big league pitching? There's a good chance. I thought that this was a very aggressive promotion.
1: Jack, 0 for 13 in spring training.
0: This was incredibly aggressive.
1: Yeah. And, and, and not really the highest opponent quality, uh, which is one of the best things I think that baseball reference does the opponent quality thing, because yeah. you got to, like, you look at spring training stats, you got to know who they're facing. Uh, and the right. opponent quality was about high AAA level. I, if he was raking, And had the defensive limitations, I'd say, okay, well, you've got hedges. This just gives you another offensive bat off the bench. But they must like something, Jack. He had a great year overall, and I think there's a lot to like with the bat as he continues to progress. But I find it kind of surprising to see him on on the big league roster. I know they had to add him, if I'm not mistaken, to the 40-man because of the Rule 5, I believe. So that's part of the reason why, if I Mm -hmm. I think I'm not even positive on that one, it's very surprising to me to to see him make the roster. I'm glad he did for his sake, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jack. Not quite sure why.
0: Now he, so he was a Juco third baseman. I want to say that they converted into a catcher. So he hasn't even been catching that long. Um, He was still going through like getting acclimated when he was in high A last year, he was still getting acclimated to being a catcher when he was in double A, he was still getting acclimated. And then he only had a cup of coffee in triple A. They might really love something about him. They also might know that they might set the MLB record for shutout losses this year. So if they can get an impact bat in their order, I think they want to do it.
1: Especially if it can be at the catching position. Uh, And and I feel like that's what they're feeling. And and Naylor is still quite a bit away in terms of his offensive ability and uh, did not have a great year last year. Yeah. Uh,
0: two guys in high A. Tyler Soderstrom is a spec- is expected to be in high A
1: Lansing. And then Henry Davis likely starting in high A. Soderstrom, the bat, I think, is ready for double. Um, but this is a guy that is very keen on sticking behind the dish. And he's worked really hard at it. And apparently, apparently, has looked a lot better so far in the early going this spring in that regard. So he's a guy that, you know, in terms of offensive upside 30 plus home run power potential uh, and cause he has so much room to fill out in his frame and a, and a really good field to hit the The catching was a disaster last year, and that's what he really wants to shake. So I'm cool with him being in high a don't have to worry as much offensively. You know, he's going to put up good numbers and really focus on the defense. He's a high school guy. He's still on the right development track. I'm totally cool with it.
0: You just got Langoliers back though in the Matt Olson deal.
1: Yeah. That's the interesting point, but I mean, we see a lot of teams with, with two good catchers and when one's catching, then the other can play first. And, and that would usually be Soderstrom I assume. So it is interesting, but you know, what if Shea doesn't pan out at the big league level? Like there's a lot of variables still. I don't know if you're thinking about that yet. It was interesting though, that that was the guy that they targeted, but maybe, they just wanted to target an asset, which was a catcher that is big league ready that you don't get that often uh, that can hit and is a great defender. And yeah. I think it's it's a hedging a little bit of what if Soderstrom's defense doesn't pan out, who's right. going to be your catching prospect? Right. If it does pan out, then it's a good problem to have. Right. Yeah. hundred um, percent. You want to move to first base? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, though, on um, Henry Davis? And not really. Like IA, I
0: think feels like the right spot for him. I honestly think this guy could end the year in AAA.
1: I agree with the bat. The bat is great. Again, it's with catchers, we can't underestimate how much of a learning curve there is catching wise, too. And that's why I'm always okay with the slower assignments, uh, the slower promotions, I should say, uh, when it comes to the catching position.
0: Yeah. Quick ones for Spencer Torkelson. I mean, this was the biggest decision in prospect world this past week. Spencer Torkelson has made the Tigers opening day roster. Uh, You had that. We just talked about it on the Just Baseball show, the symbolic handing of the glove from (laughs) Miggy to Spencer Torkelson. So the baton has officially been passed. uh, And Spencer Torkelson is the torchbearer in Detroit.
1: I mean, it was very obvious that they were trying to get torque as many ABs as they could this spring to really be positive that he was ready. And, and he is, he's ready Two eighty-four, oh six-four forty this spring. I know it's just the spring. What I'm all I'm really looking at when it comes to the spring training stats is how many times is he punching out? He punched out four times in 32 plate appearances. He's ready to go. Uh, he's ready to go. And uh, I can't wait to see him. He's, he's going to help the tigers from the get-go. There's going to be some hot and cold moments, but He's he does not need to prove anything else. Uh, and, and I think that is more than evident after what he did last year. 30 jacks across the three levels of high A, double A, triple A. He's ready to go. OK, before we move on, what do the hot moments look like?
0: What do the cold moments look like?
1: In the cold moments, we, we kind of saw it, man. The cold, the, the lows for Torque can be low. They I mean, can be low. When they he's can be off, like, this guy isn't making contact. Yeah, he, he has some zone miss. Um, he's he's a guy that will have some zone swing and miss. And it's the thing that keeps him more in the 50, 55 range hit tool-wise than like the clear-cut 60 guy. He yes. still gets the 60 probably because of the, walk, the ability to walk. Uh, but zone contact-wise, like there's some miss there. When he's cold, it's going to be ugly at times. The thing is he's still going to walk. Um, and when he runs into it, he's going to run into it. But I, I, I'm expecting a little bit of a streaky year. You saw it yourself this past year in the minor leagues that's how he is and it might be a slow start he's always a bit of a slow starter
0: i still haven't seen spencer torkelson hit well in cold weather um i mean he had a really good spring he was also in florida for the spring
1: yeah you don't think he's going really mid really good last summer he he
0: couldn't hit in early may there's a chance april's brutal for torkelson
1: all i remember is that miggy home run in the snow and I'm like, Torque's not doing that. Torque's not doing that. He doesn't hit well in the cold. It, it's
0: very. Torque's a Cali boy that went to Arizona State. Like, he's never hit in the cold. He's never had to. And when I saw him hit in the cold for the first time, like sub 40 degree
1: nights in Fort Wayne. I mean, he couldn't do anything. It's really hard. If you're not used to it, I mean, I grew up playing in South Florida. Did, playing in anything below 60, 50 degrees, I did a couple of times. And that's not at a level where you have to be twitchy to 95 miles an hour. But even just at a at a regular level, it, when you're not used to it, it, it is definitely uncomfortable. You can't feel the bat that well. Uh, you, you don't really have your your ways of staying warm. You don't really know what you're doing. You're a fish out of water. Uh, and yeah. I think Torque will get comfortable with it. I'm sure the big leaguers will have plenty of tips and things like that. But there's no doubt about it. He he definitely has been impacted by the cold weather when we've seen it.
0: Is it going to be like the, uh, the Brady tip to Matt Jones, wear the scuba suit underneath the football uniform?
1: <laughs> the scuba suit. I, I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah.
0: That was awesome. Uh, three guys in AAA, four guys in AAA that I want to shout out right now. Tristan Casas, Nick Prado, Juan Yepes, Jonathan Aranda. All four of those guys slated to start in AAA.
1: <laughs> Where do we start? Let's let's go Casas, Prado, Yepes, Aranda. So Bobby is, was had a good second half and has swung it, if I'm not mistaken, pretty well this spring. I think so. I like Casas a bajillion times more <laughs> as, as we know, <laughs> but w- what does it look like if Dalbeck is swinging it? Well, uh, are we worried about Casas getting blocked? Is that possible? Because to me, Tristan Casas is one of the best hitters in the minor leagues period. And one of the best hitters we've seen in a long time in terms of bat to ball, plate discipline and power, Tristan Casas is special as hell. And we talked about it when we went through the Red Sox system. I just don't I just don't know where he fits in if he's going to get the call. Like wh- where do you fit him into the lineup? I think it has to be injury related.
0: Yeah, he unseats Dalbeck for sure if he's going to come up without injury, but Dalbeck, you're right. Like I just looked up his spring numbers, 11 games, guy slug 760 and he hit an 1150 OPS.
1: And he finished the season great. So I mean, this is a this is a guy that's hitting. Like it, it would be weird to to not have him in the everyday lineup. If he's struggling, then and Casas is raking, then then you look at it. I also think a platoon scenario could be could make a lot of sense. But I don't want Tristan Casas platooning. I just don't. Uh, maybe you can find at bats by shuffling around the lineup a little bit. But I think it's going to have to take an injury, which is which is the wild thing because Casas to me is ready to help now. Uh, right and I now. wonder, I wonder how that's going to shake out because he's going to be putting up numbers in AAA from the get go. I can promise you that I, I I would be shocked if Tristan Casas is not hitting for high average and power and getting on base right away. So how do you handle that? It's going to be interesting to see how, how, how the Red Sox do that.
0: Let's talk Prado now. And, and I guess my question is shifted because Prado and MJ Melendez are down with Omaha at AAA to open the year. Um, are are Prado and Melendez fighting for a 28 man roster spot? Are they in direct competition with each other? Because it's pretty obvious now that Sal Perez is the catcher, the catcher, the catcher.
1: Yeah. You know, I'd like to think that they weren't because we talked about it. What would make the most sense to me is Salvi's DHing the days he's not catching. I know they want him to catch. That's fine. And have MJ catch twice a week and have him DH the other days. That's clear that if that's the case, then, yeah, they are competing uh, for a spot here because we we look at what they're going to do. They don't want to move off of like Hunter Dozier because they gave him four years, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, both these guys are going to be bats. The, the only way that they're going to prove themselves at the big league level or to get to the big league level is with the bat. Prado is a gold glove defensive first baseman. MJ is experimenting at any position he can to try to get out there. He's trying to play the outfield. He's trying to play third. He's doing whatever he can to get promoted to the big leagues. So what what MJ has going in his favor, I think, is if what MJ wants to do, I would assume if I were him, I would try to play anywhere else. Because you don't want to compete with a gold glove first base prospect. And like you're saying right now, they're kind of competing. So I think MJ is trying to avoid that and offer something different. Cause you don't want to have two guys that are doing the same thing for you. Uh, and right now that's kind of what it looks like. So it'll be interesting to see when you, when you're calling the games, when I get a text from you, yo, MJ was playing third today or something like that. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I think they're going to try try him in different spots. Let's see.
0: I'll see him for six games this week. How many, how many different positions is MJ Melendez going
1: to play this week? I say three. Catcher third first. I think catcher third and outfield. Catcher third left. That's my prediction. Whoa. Generally, I'd say first, but there's no purpose for him to play first.
0: Yeah, because Prado's going to be there. Prado's going to play five or six games this week at first. Correct. And he doesn't play anywhere else. So you,
1: you that, don't think they would try slapping him in left or right? I don't think so. Because he's a gold glove caliber first baseman. Yeah. Um, I think they'd rather try it with MJ. Which is funny because MJ's a, a plus defensive catcher. So. Yeah. So stupid,
0: ridiculous. How about Yepes and Aranda? Yepes was jipped out of a platoon DH role when they signed Albert Pujols.
1: Yeah, and you know what, man? I love Albert, and that's. I mean, you can't you can't really fault the signing. Yeah, but, but like, would Yepes be better with the same number of abs? I think he <laughs> depends how how often you're putting Pujols against lefties. Your
0: silence is deafening.
1: Yeah, I mean. I watched Yepes in spring training. I didn't see him hit a home run. I saw him take BP. I saw him fly out a couple of times. But the way the ball came off the bat, it, it's easy plus power. And what's crazy about Yepes is is he only punched out about 18% of the time, despite all of the production he put up last year. Doesn't K a lot. He he puts up numbers. And the the problem is position, right? Like where is he gonna play? That platoon role was perfect for him. Albert takes it. He doesn't bring to the clubhouse and into the seats. You know, I think a few more people, Jack, are going to be paying to, to go see Albert Pujols play for the Cardinals than Juan Yepes. Uh, and That's just the fact of the matter. I wouldn't be surprised to see Yepes traded, frankly. I just don't really see where he fits in, especially now with Newt Barr, uh, Dickerson also there. I know those guys are lefties, but those are other bench outfield DH bats. It, it's going to be tough for Yepes to crack that lineup. Tough week for Yepes. He got hit in the face with a pitch from Cade Cavalli and then got sent down. Uh, But he'll he'll get his opportunity. I just think it might not be with the Cardinals. We'll see. Um, Last one's Aranda. Jonathan Aranda is one of those guys that
0: that slides under the radar with the Rays, which is kind of weird. Aranda, like all he does is put together quality at bats and hits.
1: Yep. Yep. You're going to get sick of me saying it, but you know what? I'm going to call this guy too. Uh, the Thai France effect? Yeah, he 100, right? Is he not? Is he not a Thai France effect victim? He is. You know, I mean, listen to these numbers, dude. Forget. I won't even talk about high A where he hit 351, 449, uh, 554 with a 170 WRC plus. <laughs> How about double A? <laughs> 325, 410, 540, 162 WRC plus. Ten bombs. Ten percent walk rate. Nineteen percent K rate. I, I, I'm t- I'll tell you this. This is the last thing I'll say on Aranda. I've gotten texted by three different hitters, position players, who have faced a Ronda and said, our pitchers don't know how to get him out. Like, this guy absolutely mashes. The problem was before it was bat to ball, no position, and no power. Now it's bat to ball, some power, no position. That's That's a very important change, though. No, that's a way better prospect. A way better 14 home runs last year in 110 games. If he can hit 20 home runs, he's going to hit high average. That's kind of what Ty France does, right? High batting average, 18 to 20 home runs. I think he's got room for more. But Aranda, exit v lows are above average now. He's a dude. He just doesn't have a position. um And, and that's the struggle. But hell, man, I'll, I'll take this guy in the DH spot with this bat, or I'll, I'll suffer defensively at second base. I don't care. Another Ray. Vidal
0: Brujan was optioned back to minor league camp. He's going to open in AAA. I know you're super, super low on Brujan, uh, but a lot of people are high on Vidal Brujan.
1: I, I mean, I think the fact that he's optioned to AAA again kind of tells you the story here, right? Like this is a dude that came out crushing the baseball in AAA to start the season. And everyone's talking about him as a top 20 prospect and he plays a full year. In AAA last year, 103 games, fell off a cliff and struggled in spring training and struggled in, in the big leagues. And now he goes back to AAA again. What does he need to prove there? I don't know. Like, I think they just want to find steal a
0: billion bases.
1: Yeah. I guess they just want him to find consistency. Yeah. I'm not huge on Bruhan, and I'm not sure that the Rays are planning to use him. Like, I think Josh Lowe is going to be someone that contributes much more to that team. Uh, at the big league level, this coming year, I think Bruhan should be in AAA. Frankly,
0: we're working in reverse order. So we did Yepes, then Aranda, then Bruhan, and now we're going back to St. Louis uh, with Nolan Gorman,
1: who's going to open the year in AAA Memphis. He should never even have been there last year. And and props to I just talked about him. Um, we did part one of the Cardinals farm system. Part two is going to come out tomorrow. Um, but what's really weird to me. So we're going to do a bonus episode this week is basically what I'm saying. Cause that episode is running so long. It's talked about Jordan Walker for 20 minutes. Um, I think it was amazing how Gorman was able to hold his own in triple A, but like, dude, why was he getting such an aggressive assignment? It was kind of wild to see. So it's perfectly fine for him to be up in triple I I talked to some people in the industry that uh, had said that they had heard from the Cardinals brass that Gorman worked really freaking hard this offseason and Dang. worked with people within the Cardinals organization to make some swing tweaks uh, to allow him to be more frequently on time, to allow him to hang in there against lefties and just to, just to be a better all around hitter. Gorman sounds like he's been grinding at that. And and you want to kind of see those things translate in AAA first. So I think that's a perfect assignment for him.
0: That'll be good. Um, I, I want to save a bunch of names in the infield for a little bit later, because we're going to play the game where we just go rapid fire. Like, predict what their level will be when they get assigned there okay Uh, let's move to third josh young it's an injury update it's not an assignment he doesn't need a sling anymore according to jeff wilson he's still likely to miss the entirety of the year so josh young i mean there's a chance that he could be a dh he could either be a dh in round rock at the AAA affiliate or he could be a dh in texas but that would happen at the tail end of the year do you think they just shut them
1: down entirely? I was going to say, is that even worth it? No, it's not. It's not. Um, you know, I, it's really good news. I I had that labrum surgery, and for me, it was it was a slap tear, so like top to bottom, and so I was in the swing for for a long time, for like six to eight weeks. Uh, it really sucked trying to get back from it, and I, I wasn't playing competitively anymore uh, outside of club baseball, but just, just call that from- competitive. <laughs> uh, um, but. You know, just just to kind of fill in, and this is something I've talked to other players, other prospects that I know have had the same procedure done. You don't feel the same, and if you rush back, you can create some bad habits. And I felt myself trying to do different things with my swing, with my movements than I had ever done before. Like, it's just your mind's way of trying to skate by. And if you rush him back for what? Are, are the Rangers going to be pushing for a playoff spot? Probably not. No, hell no. Um, does it make a difference if he gets – 100 pas at the end of the year even no. in triple a no I, and you don't want to force those bad habits because you really do struggle to get slotted and feel the same again it's like if you don't throw a baseball for a long time and then you try to throw it again you're like trying to find that arm slot again you know what i'm talking about after you well, and then you're sore
0: watch. as shit the next day
1: exactly and then when you're sore you make more bad habits I, they shouldn't bother with him let that guy get right
0: yeah jose miranda with the twins he was optioned to AAA saint paul no comment is this another guy? Is this a Melendez guy? No comment on a podcast that you host where (laughs) literally all you
1: do is comment. Welcome to the call up where I'm just not going to comment on this one (laughs) because it bothers me so much. Um, I mean, dude, he should have been up last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I told you, we talked on the phone before we recorded this episode. I was like, one thing I want to I make sure we avoid is just saying every prospect should get called up because fuck the system, which is true. Like there there are some frustrations where we're like, oh, another service time guy, another service. What, is, what does Jose Miranda need to do? What, what did he not show last season? He hit 344 with a 400 on base percentage between double and triple A and a 12% K rate with 30 home runs. I understand the defense is the question. He's never going to be a good defender. It's just not going to happen. And I don't think having him in AAA for another year or another few months is going to do anything about that. It's not like the Twins are the best offensive team in the world. They're a lot better. Uh, But also, is Aranda better? Do do you like Aranda?
0: Do I like Aranda? Arias,
1: sorry, excuse me. Arias.
0: Do I like Arias more than I like Miranda?
1: Yes. Am I allowed to drop the F-bomb on the call up? I accidentally did already, so... Okay, know. perfect. Fuck no. Okay, cool. Yeah, and apologies for the F-bombs. You can you can uh, let us know if you don't like this.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> I
1: mean, dude, like, what are
0: we doing here? Like, Miranda is better than... He, he offers, like, exponentially more power than Arise. Arise, yeah, could he hit 330? Yeah, but is his slugging going to be 380? What did Miranda just do? What did Miranda just do? He just hit 344. Miranda. You're, I mean, dude, like I'll run through it again. 127 games, 344, 401, 572. What did this guy not do? 30 bombs, 94 driven
1: in. I don't know what he didn't do. Defense. That's I'm telling you, like, that's it. It's the defense, but you know who stinks defensively? Luis Arias. He blows. He, he's actually a bad defender. So I don't get it. I I, I maybe twin twins fans really like Arias. Uh, and I think, Twins fans, I've noticed, and I've, I've had some questions like, you're not worried that Miranda came out of nowhere last year?
0: No. No, I'm
1: not worried. Because he didn't come out of nowhere. He was a second-round pick. He was the highest-drafted player from Puerto Rico, from that Carlos Beltran Academy until Elliot Ramos was drafted shortly after in the first round. Uh, he was really good out of the gate. He, he had a 115 WRC plus in 2018 in low A as a high school guy, and then struggled – when he tried to get to high A in 2019 and struggled to a 98 WRC plus, then we have no 2020 season and he explodes in 2021. To me, that's not coming out of nowhere. That's a guy that figured it out during the the time off and already had a track record of good bat to ball. Power really came through. This guy belongs in the big leagues. We've already spent plenty of time on him, but it's stupid that he's not. I assume that he'll be up relatively quickly. Uh, but I mean, if a is really hitting it though, or really swinging, it'll be interesting to see where he slots in. But this guy could help them win now and help their, their offense a bunch. I, I think we're also forgetting
0: what their defensive alignment looks like because arise isn't even going to play the field. He's going to be the DH because you've got Jorge Polanco at second, Correa at short, and Giovanni Urshela at third. Miguel Sano's the first baseman. Get Arias out of there.
1: Make Sano the DH and put Jose Miranda at first base. Absolutely. That's a good point on the defensive alignment there. And also – Gio Rochelle needs some days off. The yeah. guy does not stay healthy. Miranda is not a great defensive third baseman, but he can hold his own. Uh, y- you bring up a good point. He made twenty eight starts. Did Miranda at first base between Double A AA and Triple A? Uh, that makes more than enough sense to me. He's six two. He's tall enough to play the position. Get Sonota DH and, and, and do that. Maybe they trade Arias for for a pitching prospect or for a pitcher. But I could see them trading Miranda potentially if they really prefer Arias. I think that would be backwards though.
0: Get you a way better return. If, yeah. if you've got Miranda and a filler for Frankie Montas, that gets the deal done with what we just saw from Manaya.
1: It's going to be interesting to see. I think Montas is going to get a haul. I think he gets him a haul.
0: But it can't be headlined by Jose Miranda? And
1: it'd be another solid piece. But yeah, I mean, he could be, he could headline, he could headline a package. Who would you see? How I think much- Duran's untouchable for them. Because he can help them now. I think anybody and that can help them now. And canarino
0: amazing in the spring.
1: Cantorino can help them now. Like any pitching prospect that can help them soon should be untouchable. Belazovic? He can help them very soon. I, I wouldn't really want to deal him either. I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I would probably say you trade Cantorino, Winder can help you sooner. So something along the lines of, of Yeah. I would say a package like that and throw in like Marco Raya, who's further off uh, that they could get it done. They could definitely get it done.
0: Yeah. Um, Shortstop Bobby Witt won an opening day roster spot. According to John
1: Heyman, it looks like he's going to be the opening day third baseman. I get which it. Weird. I, I get it. Cause they're trying to win right now. And, and which okay. well, they're trying they're- to win right now, but then Hunter Dozier is playing. It, it's a little confusing. I'm just glad Bobby Witt's on the big league roster. He's going to be an insane defensive third baseman. He he could be plus right there, right away. He yeah. already had gold glove upside at shortstop. We weren't expecting him to do that from the jump. Nicky Lopez is probably one of the best defensive shortstops. At least we saw that last year in baseball. If Lopez is really, really, really struggling with the bat, it's really easy to shuffle Witt right over to short and, easy. and get Lopez out of there and maybe bring up MJ Melendez to play third. You know, so that or or you move Dozier to third and then Melendez moves in. So I, I think this is kind of a trial thing for Lopez. And if Lopez struggles to, to swing it, they've got a lot of contingency plans that can work with the shuffling around and the defensive versatility that all these guys have. So the thing that I want to talk about with O'Neill Cruz going to Indianapolis
0: and like I'm really lucky I get to see O'Neill Cruz. Um, here's the thing, though. With the new CBA, if you finish top two in rookie of the year voting, you are granted a full year of MLB service time, regardless of what happens. So I want to tell you why the Pirates are incentivized to keep O'Neill Cruz and AAA right now. Because, yeah, like you played the service time manipulation game, okay. The whole point of the CBA this year was to end service time manipulation. And a lot of it is working. Like the Tigers promoting 2020's number one overall pick to break camp. Bobby Witt went second in 2019 as a high schooler and he's breaking camp. We're about to get to CJ Abrams. There's a chance that Abrams breaks camp with the San Diego Padres. It's ridiculous, but what we're seeing, but with Cruz, I think they're kind of hell bent on him, on them milking another year out of him. Um, So I, I think they are incentivized to keep him down for long enough to the point where he doesn't finish
1: top two in rookie of the year voting it's crazy um but you know I, I think you're easily right here because you know what's really fascinating about the pirates they're struggling to get brian reynolds to be receptive to their extension offers so far and apparently from john hayman they already tried to extend K. Brian hayes it didn't work now they're coming in with a quote unquote more competitive offer so they've struggled to extend their two centerpiece guys right now yeah um why wouldn't you try to squeeze out another year of control of O'Neill if you're struggling to extend your other guys and you're worried that O'Neal might be the same, same situation. Uh, O'Neal has nothing left to prove with the stick. nothing, absolutely nothing left to prove with the stick. And with kibrian Hayes hurt, it made it even more shocking that um, that they would send him down. kibrian's fine. He sprained his ankle, but he's not going to be playing right away. Uh, and, and the pirates are not going to go into the season saying, We are not making the playoffs. We know they're not, but you're not going to go into the season and say, oh, we're sending O'Neill down because it doesn't really matter what happens out of the gate. They want to try to be as good as they can out of the gate. So it is pretty weird that they did that. And I think it's a little bit telling, right? Um, I mean, look, this is what he did for Indianapolis last year in six games. So hopefully you'll get to see uh, a similar type of production from O'Neill Cruz. In six games, he hit five home runs, hit 524 uh, in those 21 at-bats. So, uh, you know, maybe he needs to prove a little bit more. That, that is less than six home runs in six games. It is. It's less it is. than one home run per game.
0: <laughs> um, Jeremy Pena looks like he's going to be the Astros opening day shortstop. Bryson Stott also looks like he's going to be in the opening day lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies. So those are two teams with legitimate postseason aspirations going with a rookie in an everyday
1: role. And two prospects that I think can really h- handle it. Um, Jeremy Pena is in an an offense that he doesn't need to to hit that well. (laughs) Like if he's giving you even a 95 and I think he's going to be better than this, but if he's giving you a 95 WRC plus, you're okay with that because the Astros are one of the best offenses in baseball. He is an elite defender already, already. And he's a plus runner. So, and you know, he's going to run into some power. So I'm more than fine with him out of the gate. And then Bryson Stotch brings 55 grade tools across the board. Uh, And I think he's going to make a very smooth transition there and they need any athleticism in the field that they can get. So if you're playing start at third or short, they, they need him desperately. I think.
0: Yeah. Anthony Volpe is going to be a Somerset Patriot double a
1: for Volpe double a. Um, I mean, he was, he was so good last year. You might as well have him there. That's a guy that I I think the, the, the Yankees are trying to plan their future. Yeah. Let's get an idea in the first couple months how soon Volpe can be here, and can he be here by next year, by 2023? They'll find out pretty quickly with how he sinks or swims out of the gate in A.
0: Any chance you get to take Isaiah Kiner-Falefa out of the, out of the future plans? <laughs> Just do it.
1: Oh, gosh. oh who, gosh. Who's the
0: catcher? Like,
1: who? Jose Trevino. They have
0: – No, I know. Trevino and then Rortved and then
1: Higashioka. But, like, is there anybody in the system? They had the first round pick a little while back. The switch thrower, Kyle Siegler, Kyle Siegler, Siegler. Anthony Siegler, Anthony Siegler, Anthony Anthony Siegler. Siegler. Switch hitting, Um, switch, switch throwing and just doesn't do anything well. Is the name Austin Wells? Wells, Is that right. Wells is their best quote unquote catching prospect. But everything I I, I seem to to hear and in regards to the defense and from what I've seen, he's not a great receiver. There's not a lot of belief that he can stick there. He's working hard at it, too. He really wants to be a catcher. I love the bat from Wells, but he's far off defensively as a catcher. Got you. All right. Rapid
0: fire. These guys do not have any set plans that are public yet. Um, Let's play a game. Let's go really quick. I'm just going to rip off a name and like your gut reaction. It's like, tell me the first word that comes to your mind. Um, I give you the player. You give me the level. Nick Gonzalez. Double A. Nick York.
1: Double A that yeah, I think, I think high A. Ooh. Okay. I know we're supposed to go rapid fire, but actually I'm, I'm a big, big Nick York fan. So I want to, I want to hear why you think high A. I think high A because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I think high a. I, I think
0: I would like to see him just come out guns blazing for the first month of the year in high
1: A and then double A. I guess it would depend. Honestly, I've not gotten any word on York from Red Sox. Boston's one of the few teams that I really just don't have much reach to in terms yeah. of like, how's this guy looked at camp? Jeremy Pena was when I got a bunch of texts after like you were right about being like, don't don't be afraid to double down on your take from some friends like that were out there, like definitely feel good about Pena. I don't have anybody to, to run my shit by with when it comes to Nick York, but 96 plate appearances in high A last year hit 3 333 406 571. So it really just depends how he how he looked at camp, but I, I think both are both are fun. I'm going to go aggressive double A though. Okay. Uh Michael Bush triple. Triple. Agreed. Xavier Edwards
0: triple. Triple. Um, Jordan Walker It's tough Hi-A. does he repeat high A? Okay, so he spent the last
1: 2 months I want to say in high A in 2021. He made a mockery of low A. I talked about it in the last episode. Strikeout rate jumped, walk rate dropped, still held his own. I think if off the top of my head, 124 WRC plus and and high A. But let's let the 19-year-old get some more acclimated to to high A. Yeah, I'll be
0: with you on high A. I think double A quickly, though. Yes. Um, Beatty. Triple. Okay. Miguel Vargas. Triple. Triple. Absolutely triple. Noel V. Marte. High A, High A or double. High a. high a. I
1: really see an overly aggressive approach. Like let's let's take our time here with Noelvi. Okay, and then Marco Luciano. High A again. Yeah. I think he grew a few inches too. I'm really worried yeah. about his it. so cool. Uh He he struggled big time in High A. Uh, I want to see I want to see those guys kind of get more acclimated uh, and, and get more comfortable with with their swing at that level because the jump to double they will get blown up i think right now
0: we'll play this game at the end of outfielders and pitchers too uh and we'll speed up the pace a little bit riley green looked like he was going to make the opening day roster but he was diagnosed with a fractured right foot this past saturday according to chris mccoskey the detroit news six to eight weeks and then rehab
1: Worked out nicely for the Tigers in terms of uh, that extra year of control, right? But I, the, uh-huh. the, the shitty thing about it is that the Tigers were actually willing to start him from the jump. Um, It sucks, but he'll be ready to go. He'll have some rehab games like you mentioned, and and, and he'll help that team sooner rather than later. I'm excited to see him.
0: From a mental space standpoint, Torque and Green being there together would be massive for them. Oh, yeah. They okay. can go through the growing pains together.
1: Yeah. It, and like six weeks sounds like a lot, but he could be up there by you know by May middle May and yeah. we'll forget that he missed the first month and a half of the season by the time we get to August.
0: Yeah. Uh two guys optioned down to Triple A. Brennan Davis, Alec Thomas.
1: Davis needs more ABs. Alec Thomas I think is ready to go. Yeah. I, that's a control thing because it's like wh- wh- why do the D-backs need to call him up right now? They actually have some interesting outfield options at the moment and might as well squeeze out that extra year of control. But Thomas was a joke in AAA. Three sixty nine, four thirty four, six fifty eight slash one sixty eight wrc plus. He's ready to go. He's ready
0: to go. Uh, Christian Pache. He is apparently the front runner for the opening day center field spot with Ramon Laureano out for the first month of the year.
1: You know, I you know I don't love Pache. The glove is ready. He's a plus defender. Uh, they won't lose anything defensively in center. Uh, And at this point he doesn't really need to show anything more with the bat in the minor leagues. Let's see if he can hit the big league level. Let's see if he figures it out. Steven Kwan is on the guardians opening day roster. Freaking love it. He, he, he could not have
0: been better in triple A. He's ready to go. Yeah. Um, I I'm just thinking now, like going through minor league baseball right now, we've kind of hit a dip in terms of center field talent in baseball. It's very top heavy, like with Mullins, with Reynolds, with Robert, with Buxton, but then it kind of falls off a cliff. Like center field is the thinnest of the three outfield positions right now. Center field is far and away the deepest in minor league baseball right now.
1: Which is funny. It shows how cyclical the game can be. Oh, yeah. And, and it's funny because the Marlins are a perfect example. They try to get a couple of different guys, but the market is so thin. The tie, the Pirates are saying, give me everybody. And even the A's are saying, "For Ramon Laureano, give me close to everybody. It's a seller's market. And that's why the Marlins are going to start. Jesus Sanchez in center field.
0: Yeah. Uh Triple A guy for San Francisco, Heliot Ramos
1: is a Sacramento River Cat. It's the right move, but I think he could be up pretty quickly. What really happened with him is they were too aggressive with his assignment and now he's got has to do a do-over. It's like skipping a grade and then you weren't ready for that grade and now you got to do that grade again, but I think he'll do well.
0: Yeah, we we talked about Ramos during the lockout, I want to say. That's when yeah. we talked about him and like we like him. Do I we think he can fine. be a fine bat at the big league level? Yes. But totally. does he need a
1: little bit more time? Just a yes. little bit. I think he can help them by midseason. Uh-huh. Uh, Michael Harris is a double-A Mississippi brave. Not for long. I, I think he could be triple-A ready very soon. Yeah. You love Harris. I- I'm a big fan. He was always my favorite outfielder of that bunch. Uh, I- people made fun of me for that out of the gate. <laughs> it's like, well, P- Pache in waters. and Waters. I was like, <laughs> Don't like the bat. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 cash in that one now, I think. Um cool. but yeah, I love Harris. Uh Robert Hassel headed a high A. You saw him. I mean, he he he's gonna be good. He's he's really special, but he needs to to be there. He needs time in yes. high. A.
0: Like he lit up Low A Lake Elsinore and you know the ball carries there. It's it's like you play on the moon out in Southern California in Low a. Um, he needs some time there and then he can go to San Antonio. And uh, I I think he needs to get adjusted to each level of pitching.
1: The, the, the high, you see a lot more high fastballs in high a, um, and and that was a little bit of an Achilles heel for him. He'll be good. He'll be fine, but yeah, no rush.
0: Yeah. acclamation process. Uh, All right. Quick fire with some names, no assignment yet. Austin Martin.
1: Triple,
0: triple. A lot of people were saying
1: double. He doesn't need it. Doesn't. He, it's it's all about the power for him. And I want to see how the power plays with the different baseballs. He's the kind of guy that actually can be affected by that more than others. Yeah. Corbin Carroll. He's so tough because he only played six games last year and was insane. I would play him in double A though. Yeah. He's he's makeup off the charts. Unreal bat to ball, elite athlete, great defender. Put him in double. Let's let's make up for lost time. Sticking with the NL West. How about Zach Veen?
0: Hi, A. Hi A. I'm with you on Hi A. And he's going to be a stud.
1: He's so good. He's so good. Dude. I just went back down that rabbit hole for the top 100. I had to do a, a rewrite up on him. Yeah. He's crazy. He's amazing. Yeah. But, but they're swing and miss. Like, let's, let's take our time. Yeah. Luis Matos. Hi A. Hi A. But, but I think he's gets to double quick, like compared to the other guys, because he's bat to ball, just high chase rates, fantastic bat to ball. Uh, and, and, Developing power, I think high A with with double in a couple months. Yeah, Matos and Hassel feel like very similar spots. Hundred percent, and they're very similar prospects in terms of like what they do well and, and where they can be a little bit better. Yeah, uh, Valera, George Valera, he was good. I know you double. want to say triple. I want to say triple, but let's let's do double.
0: Let's do let's, double. Let's see
1: a little bit more in double. Let's not rush this guy. He's still young. Yeah, um, Bladé, triple. I was hoping he was going to make the big league roster. So did I, he, he is in triple a, um, okay. that, that's, that's pretty much h- him and Burdick will be in triple. Uh, I, I was hoping he'd make the big league roster. I think, I think the Marlins want to see what he can do in center field a little bit. And, and he's a guy that made big adjustments, started to see those translate in the Arizona fall league and the spring. And now I he think was Marlins, ridiculous in the fall league. Oh my gosh. And the Marlins want to see him do that a little bit more, but he could be, he could be a call up pretty quickly, especially if they have some struggles in center. Cool.
0: Uh, Andy Pajez. I
1: mean, he dismantled high A. He, he doesn't need to do anything else in high A. Double. He's a double A guy. And he'll struggle, but you're going to have to let him struggle. He'll be okay. Jason Dominguez. Um it's hard. Um, like, you want to say low. I'm going to say low A. Yeah. I'm going to say low A. I think he's going to get... Absolutely blown the hell up in high A. Low A. I, I really tried to try to talk myself into it. Low A again. Do it again. 49 games last year in low A. Struck out 31% of the time. Mm. Do it again. Mm. Do it again. Yeah, start in low A. It's not like the defense is good either.
0: Do it again. No, that, that's gonna hurt Yankee fans' hearts. Ah shit. Okay. Uh, you want to wrap up with the pitchers? Yeah. Shane Boz had some floaty boys going on, some loose, loose bodies uh, in his elbow. So he had surgery to remove those. It was just an arthroscopic surgery quick. He should start throwing again next week. Maybe
1: a start in Durham, but he's a Ray when he's healthy. Yeah, totally, totally. He's got, he's gotten up nothing. He should have been up even earlier last year yeah. um, and he pitched in the postseason. He's ready to go. We've got an opening day starter alert. Joe Ryan is Minnesota's opening day starter. I love it. I love it. Like he, he, I think he's legit. I think he's a legit big league arm and and he's not an ace, but hell I love it. Uh, Hunter green has made the reds opening day roster. It's the one time I'm going to tell you why. And I don't think he's ready. And he's a two pitch guy right now with, with, not great fastball command and misses over the middle a lot. And he's going to give up a lot of home runs. And I think he's going to get blown up. I really do. I think he's, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think he's going to get blown up. So Bobby Nightingale said that he will start
0: on April 10th. That's game four of the year. Mark Sheldon of MLB.com says that Nick Lodolo is going to start game five or six of the year with Luis Castillo, with Mike Minor opening the season on the IL. Lodolo
1: is going to get a crack along with Hunter Green health to the to the wayside here, because Lodolo, it's really about health. I would be absolutely floored if Hunter Green had a better rookie season than Nick Lodolo. Absolutely stunned, floored, and would question a lot of what I do. Why? I That's how confident I feel that Nick Lodolo's, Nick Lodolo's bad day is a lot different than Hunter Green's bad day. Hunter yes, Green's bad is. day is a ton of walks and a ton of home runs and 10 earned runs. Nick Lodolo's bad day, he can pitch to contact, get ground balls, and survive. That's the difference for me, especially in their ballpark, but especially because Lodolo has like four different pitches he can come at you with. Green, it's two-thirds of the times a fastball that's pretty flat. I, 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 I think Green's going to be great. I just don't think that it's now. Yeah. Nightmare scenario for Lodolo really feels
0: like three and a third, six earned runs on eight hits. Green feels like not getting out of the first inning.
1: Yes. And it's like nine earned. It's it's like it, a couple walks.
0: Like a error, Cavalli line.
1: An error uh, by whoever the hell they have. Maybe it's uh, Colin Moran at third yeah. and then, uh, and then the grand slam.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mike Moustakis.
1: Um, yeah. Matt Brash is on the opening day roster. He's in the rotation. Brash, your guy. I'm, I'm so amped on him being in the rotation. The commands come a long way. Slider is as good as any in baseball. He He's the dark horse rookie of the year, like we talked about on the Just Baseball show. Yep. Reed Detmers is Anaheim six starter. Yep. What does that mean, six starter? I guess they might
0: go with a six-man rotation off the top just so they can give guys an extra day of rest.
1: So the team with historically no pitching now has six pitchers? I guess. Hey, they drafted 20 of them last year. <laughs> I like it. I like it. He has nothing left to prove in the minors. There's going to be some growing pains with the with the blow up starts, but I think he can be a really good really good arm for them in the back end of the rotation. So he made one start in triple A. That's the weird part is he kind of just
0: jumped over it. He kind of jumped over AAA, and he looked like he was a AAA pitcher pitching
1: in Major League Baseball when he first came up. Totally, but you know, does he need to go make starts in AAA now? I, I don't I think, think so. It's just Like learn, learn at the big league level. Work with those big league. Work with Max Stassi. You know, work in a rotation that is now suddenly very interesting and, and experienced. It, th- this is the best c- case scenario for a unique guy. Yeah,
0: three AAA guys: two for the Marlins, one for the Nats. Cade Cavalli is a Rochester Red Wing. Uh, and then Edward Cabrera, Max Meyer are both Jacksonville sons. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, Cabrera got a late start to spring training. Otherwise, I think he might have been in the rotation. Um, so the Marlins over Eliezer Hernandez. Right. I think so. I, I really think he would have. He added a sinker. He, and again, like Edward's bad starts were bad because he didn't have that fallback. He added a sinker. His command looks better. His stuff is ridiculous, but he got a late start to the spring. So they're still building him up. Max Meyer, I think he's ready. I know Meyer thinks he's ready and yeah. wants to pitch in the big leagues ASAP, um, but the Marlins don't have a need to to rush him. I think we would see Cabrera first um, because we already saw him last year. But hell, man, I, Meyer should be up there as soon as possible too.
0: I just talked about it on the Just Baseball Show. Max Meyer plus five thousand
1: to win Rookie of the Year. And move Eliezer to the bullpen. But there's a scenario where if the rotation's full, I could see Meyer go to the bullpen and why not and go in that that Michael Kopech type role and he'll thrive in it. He'll thrive in it. He'll be phenomenal. He'll be like three innings, five punch outs and one hit. And that doesn't stunt his growth. Like let's no. be let's let's talk about that. That doesn't stunt he will
0: be fine. No, I, I don't think that Kopech's growth is stunted. I think if it's if it's stunted because of something, it's because no 2020 and no 2019 and injuries and whatever.
1: Like it's it's yeah. not that they used him as a swingman.
0: No, hell no. Um we've seen guys convert successfully from swingmen to starters. Chris Sale, if we want to talk about White Sox, Chris Sale came up as a bullpen guy. Yep.
1: Yep. 100%. And and, exactly. and again when you have a big league plus plus pitch ready to go, he, he'll be just fine. Another Triple A guy, Matthew Liberator. Just talked about him. Um, it's ninety three to ninety five and straight as an arrow. But they need yeah. him. They need him soon. But I don't think he could help them right now. I think he needs to figure out how his arsenal is going to play. I would like to see him go. Another guy I'd like to see use the two seam or more. He used it more at the end of last year. Didn't use it much this spring. He's used the slider more, which is better than the curveball. He still needs to figure out who he is and and how he can be the most effective. And right now, it's just a lot a, a lot of loud contact.
0: Yeah. Um, two best pitchers in Double A baseball far and away, going to be Jack Leiter who's in Frisco, and George Kirby who's in Arkansas. Said the two best. Oh yeah, these
1: are going to be the two best pitchers in Double A. And oh, in Double A. In Double A. I I am, I am, I am. I I will say, Leiter was just on the show. I freaking love Jack. How does he command the fastball out of the gate? Because he he, we know how how good we think Jack's going to be, but. How does he command out of the gate? The command has been a little bit spotty in the spring. He's going to be phenomenal. He's going to be a superstar. Straight to double A is a big jump. I'm really excited to see how how he, how he acclimates. He'll be fine. Uh, but if there's a bit of a slow start, don't be upset. Don't be worried about Jack Leiter. But it's possible that he could be susceptible to the home run a little bit out of the gate as he continues to work the east to west command. He'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. But I think Kirby will will, will be disgusting from the jump. Um, but the secondaries need to tick up a little bit. It, it, like, do Leiter and Kirby have the two highest floors among
0: any pitchers in minor league baseball?
1: Outside of Grayson Rodriguez, I would say so. Yeah. G-Rod, to me, is a joke. Like He's a sick joke. Let's start
0: our rapid-fire predictions with G-Rod. Triple, triple, and big league soon. Okay. Asa Lacey. Double. I, I want to say hi A. I want to say
1: hi A. He stunk. Yeah. But do they, do, they do that to him? Probably not. Probably, Probably not. Double. Sink or swim and double. He's a sink or swim guy. DL Hall looked amazing in the spring. Double. Mm, I want to say triple with G Rod. Triple with G-Rod, tandem those guys. That injury really cut him short last year. Nah, uh, yeah, this is the first one that I actually am really stuck on. Um, With how good he looked this spring, yeah, you, you've swayed me, triple,
0: triple. Let's go, triple. Boom. There we go. Uh, Emerson Hancock is coming back from a little issue. It's an, it's an aggravation issue. Um, Hancock feels like a high-A guy.
1: double double why uh he, he was he was too good in high a after being a college guy I, it was nine starts in high a two three two era yeah let's okay. challenge him let's challenge him
0: all right you just converted me double for hancock how about daniel espino
1: oh i'm so excited about him At, spoiler alert he will be higher on our top 100 list than i think anybody else in the industry Um, double. Okay. And quick he's to going triple? to be quick double. I don't think too quick. Like, remember, this is a high school guy that that missed a big year right after the draft. But if if he dominates the way I think he can, yeah, maybe quick to triple. He he's going to be he's going to be one of the best pitching prospects in baseball this year. Mark my words. Cool, uh, Quinn Priester. Jesus, uh, <laughs> he's not good. Um, <laughs> I feel bad. he's a, he's, he's been a high end prospect for a while triple yeah i guess like it's just like like, because let's see i i like there's certain guys he's a sink or swim guy like i don't feel great about assigning you here but we kind of have to because there's no point in assigning you in double triple but he is still
0: on the younger side like he's i think he's a double a guy and then when he puts together two quality starts in a row then he comes to triple a
1: yeah I was 97 and two thirds in high A. So he actually didn't even pitch a double A last year. He's 21. He feels like, talk about prospect fatigue. That's oh yeah, total prospect fatigue. So yeah, you converted me, double. Double on double. him, and I just don't think he's that good.
0: <laughs> Fair. Uh, and then we end this one with a wild card of all wild cards. Mackenzie Gore. Where's he going to be, man? 3A. Oh, God, we're not especially doing this again. We're
1: not doing this again. You're going to no, give me the rotation. Especially after pitch? the Mania deal. Yeah. Um, Triple. And I'm excited because it's going to be a good challenge for him. And I think he's going to carve them up if he continues to look the way he looked. And what about Gore? Does Gore go into some sort of swingman
0: role for them? I don't know, dude. Like, I have no idea how that Padres rotation is going to look. I don't know how it's going to pan out. All I know is, like, I think Denelson Lamette would be a really good closer. He should them. be a
1: closer at this point hundred percent. Yeah,
0: and I think he's like best closer in the game when he becomes a closer because his stuff is so. It's electric. you could have that
1: class A arc, you know. Oh, it's not. Yeah. It's not the same stuff, but it's like that class A arc. Oh yeah. Who? So, Congratulations on your bag, Emmanuel. Yeah. Good shit. Um. I think that's it for me. Yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> it. We should do another one uh, ne- next week. Of uh most, once we get all the assignments finalized, most loaded minor league teams. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Do Let's point. do so it. Like minor league teams, we're most excited to watch. Um, yes, Omaha is obviously going to be one right out of the you know right off the jump. Uh, but there's going to be some teams where people I don't think will realize and will be like, whoa, that team's actually loaded.
0: Right, like Tacoma could be amazing in a moment. Like the AAA for the Mariners could be
1: so fun oh. to watch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and the Giants, uh, Hiye could be really fun again. Mm-hmm. Like there's some really fun teams, so that's one we'll put together for next next episode because we'll have the whole lowdown. Extra episode this week in honor in the spirit of minor league opening day. I'll be doing part yep. two with the Cardinals system tomorrow, and then the Wednesday interview episode, and then uh, maybe we can do Friday a little bit of talk about the best teams. We'll we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, but Friday or Monday. We'll have the best teams in the minor leagues uh, and very excited about that. Any final thoughts?
0: Yes. Um, earlier today. So yesterday afternoon from Sarah Lang's three number one, overall picks homered in the same spring training game. Whoa. Who were the three number one, overall picks that homered in the same spring training game? Um,
1: Spencer Torkelson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know it's a trick question, so I'm gonna guess number two is Tim Beckham. No. Damn, that, that was such a good guess. I gotta It's not a something. trick question. Ah uh, Tim Beckham would have been a good one, though. Didn't it would have been one? a great one. Um who else is a number one pick?
0: The Tigers played the Phillies.
1: Tigers played the Phillies. Harper. Harper. And then the third. The third, the third, the third, the third. Hmm. The Tigers played the Phillies. Mickey's international. I think he got me stumped on, on this one. You got me stumped. Who's the third? Mickey Moniak. Oh, geez. Oh, geez.
0: <laughs> Great spring for Mickey.
1: Though. Tip of the cap. Great spring for Mickey. Yeah. He makes the, he opening he probably, yeah, he's now, the opening day. Yeah. Why didn't you mention him with the outfielders, bro? Oh Doesn't shit! Sorry, narrative. I forgot he was a prospect. Doesn't fit the narrative. Uh, yeah, he's I guess still- he's technically graduated, but he's got rookie eligibility still. Mickey Moniak still has rookie eligibility. Dude, I watched him take batting practice when uh, our first credential with them with City Field. I thought they were having like a high school or take around. I'm, I'm not even trying to be rude. Like I think he was working on something in his defense, but I'm just watching the ball sprayed around. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Mickey Moniac. But how dude, he looks really good this spring. I hope he figured it out for his sake. There's nothing worse than being a number one pick who doesn't pan out and like what that carries. So hopefully he can carve out at least a decent career for himself. Making the opening day roster is a great start. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, my man. Opening uh triple a opening day tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be good. Tune into MILB TV and you can listen to our friend Jack McMullen, right? I You'll be on the call on Tuesday. Not, not Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. You'll be on the call Wednesday's on Wednesday. is my first one.
0: It's Divide and Conquer with the Hall of Famer, Howard Kelman. Very excited. So me, and, me and we got
1: a couple other guys that are tag team in the year with the great Howard Kelman. Cannot wait. Going to be really fun to tune into that. Uh, definitely recommend the MILB. Subscription. Uh, we'll probably do we'll squeeze in whether you're a part of it or not. I'd love for you to be a part of it. We'll see. We'll squeeze in a mailbag. So keep an eye out for potential like fielding of questions post. I will also always have my DMs open. Try to play catch up with those with those questions. And I always appreciate some really good questions that are coming in. I don't know if any came over to Jack as I delegated last time, but you're always welcome to send any questions to Jack and bother him. Uh, but always enjoy those and uh great engaging with y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Looking forward to an interview on Wednesday. Of course, the bonus episode tomorrow. If you could leave a rating, that would be phenomenal as we continue to grow this show. Really appreciate you helping us do that. As always, thank you for listening. Happy minor league opening day, and we will talk to you tomorrow.